Dimelang Avesheni and hello hi, I'm Sanzi Nolutando Nwakani here and welcome back to Sisters Without Shame, a no-holds-bought podcast that is proudly brought to you by Healthform Zanzi. I'm here to walk with you through your shame as you seek answers to those scary questions you are too afraid to ask about in public. I've got you through all those uncertainties, aching bones and your heart woes. Mzanzi, it's the festive season, but for some, this season is not so merry at all. This week, we have a voice note from Anonymous in Klerkstor. I don't have a lot left in my bank account and rent is due soon. No presents for anyone. It's hard to watch your sister be showered in gifts while you're struggling. I want to cry so bad, but I can't. My roommate is trying to drag me out. She says I'm in a funky mood, but I declined. I'm not trying to add seeing my ex to my list of why this is a wonderful shitness. I hate being broke. I hate being forced to live on my own at 20 years old. I hate Christmas. I hate everything. Anonza, Anonza, I see you and I feel you. Trust, I have the hookup angel. Our guest this week is Luke Skiapers, a clinical psychologist who is based in Palm. Luke is a relationship-focused therapist informed by various scientifically validated psychotherapy schools of thought. What is the main cause of seasonal depression and how common is it? Thank you very much for having me on the program. This talk today I think is so important because we are moving into a holiday season, December period, which is known to produce intense emotion in people and might even make existing mental health conditions worse. When it comes to a seasonal depression, We have to be careful to label any type of intense feeling as a disorder. There's a difference between feeling very sad or perhaps grieving loss or maybe feeling angry about something, even if it's intense. There's a difference between that and a mental disorder. Things are only mental disorders when the symptoms cause clinical, when they cause functional impairment, when they cause a very high level of distress. So it's not a disorder to feel tense about the holidays coming up. It's not a disorder to feel tired after a long year's work. So seasonal depression, according to the DSM-5, is a subtype of major depressive disorder. Major depressive disorder is quite common amongst the population. It is said that up to 40% of the world population will at some point experience a depressive episode. Depressive episodes are periods of very deep sadness, some hopelessness. We all know the symptoms of depression by now, and there is wonderful treatment for major depressive episodes. Seasonal depression is one which gets triggered by a certain season, a certain time of year. As far as I understand seasonal depression, it's more common in your northern hemisphere countries where it is cold and you can't go out of your house. We don't know that in South Africa, really. You know, we don't know minus degrees. And there are theories that it has to do with the absence of light. You're not getting enough vitamin D. I also think it might have something to do with cabin fever where you're stuck in a house most of the day. So I'm not thinking that in South Africa, that'll really be the case that when it's winter, you suddenly just become depressed because it's a bit colder. I would find that rather odd, but I might be wrong. What I think is the main cause of... Uh, depression or maybe intense negative emotion as we come to December 
is because of the associations and the expectations we have about this time of year. The associations and expectations we have about this time of year. Because what happens in December in South Africa, you've got the schools that close, you've got maybe parents who have more parenting responsibilities because the children are not at school, even if it is to try to find entertainment for the children. It's extra work. If you are going away for the holiday, you might visit family or family might come to visit you. All families have their conflicts. All families have their traumas. And many families do not deal with these conflicts and traumas. So if I'm going on holiday and I'm already expecting some family member who's going to say something upsetting to me, I mean, I'm going to feel anxious about that. I think that's rather normal. I think that's a common human emotional response in South Africa as the December's come near. Holiday plans have been made, seeing family, and you're starting to feel more anxious than usual. Mm -hmm. I would also add that at the end of the long year, you're tired. You've worked hard, and we've had a, a year in which there have been additional economic and political troubles. You know, there's bad news out there. People are maybe a bit more stressed than they were this time before COVID struck. And also the money factor, you know, like you said, December has so many expectations with it. And especially sure. parents whose kids are on holiday. Like I spoke to a mother recently who said that she feels useless. She works, but she doesn't have the money to sort of entertain her kids. And that just makes her feel so hopeless almost, you know. Look at price increases. People have a lot less spending money this year, December, than they probably did in other Decembers in previous years. And this mom feels guilty. So much pressure on mothers. Let's be honest. Adult women, mothers, I think there's a lot of movement towards more egalitarian relationships where um, the other heterosexual couple's male partner also brings his part as far as childcare goes. But I think a lot of couples in South Africa, a lot of families in South Africa are still split on the gender role and who does what around the house. Everybody has a, most people have a career outside of the home as well. And mothers come home and then there's this expectation of them to work more. You know, when do they relax? I would hope during a December, but that's not always the case. It's just so hectic. So is it normal to feel, you know, not so merry during the holiday season? How do you prevent holiday stress but more anxiety? Maybe anxiety, stress, intense emotion in anticipation of the holidays coming up. I would like to add that I think the fatigue after having a long year's work and perhaps not having that balance between work, play and rest throughout the year, maybe with this fantasy idea that I must just push on through to the December, you know, I'm going to work, 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 work. At last in December, I'm going to relax. It's going to be a hell of a disappointment when you don't get that rest and relaxation in the holiday. So it's normal to feel not so merry during the holiday season. How do you prevent it? Well, I think firstly, we can focus on good planning, but this has to be done earlier in the year already. If you know that your work year is going to be challenging and stressful, make a point of it. Planning your holiday in advance. Beware of waking up to the reality of the holiday when November comes. Have a holiday plan in place and prioritize rest and play in your planning with a focus on less work. If you want to prevent holiday stress and depression and anxiety, do some planning as to what you're going to need 
when it is that time of year? What are you going to need? Do you need to pick up on sleep? Do you need to go on some adventure? And not all adventures have to cost money either. I was about to ask, because sometimes, you know, even though you're employed, sometimes unemployed people are also feeling the brunt of all these feelings that people who work do, you know, because obviously they're unemployed. They feel like a burden sometimes to their families. So I like the fact that you said, like, it doesn't have to cost you money to prioritize your rest because you also need the rest. You need a reboot because it's stressful to look for a job as well. Many young people in South Africa are facing this, this, this great difficulty of finding employment. My hope for the youth of South Africa is that they will get to know themselves, what their talents are, maybe upskill in certain areas, maybe go further training or education, and then to learn entrepreneurial skills. Mm-hmm. So that if there's no formal employment available, they start to make their own businesses. That's my hope. But yeah, unemployment and being unemployed for a long time can also be draining and it can also make you feel like not just a burden to other family members, but also maybe like a failure. I had a certain idea about earning money and starting my own family, but now it's looking like I'm not going to get I can understand depression coming as a result of unemployment. Well, how do the holidays affect mental health conditions? Do they exacerbate them as well? So when it comes to mental health conditions, I think it depends on whether you are in treatment or not. I'm thinking that if you have an existing mental health condition, it could very well happen that the holidays will exacerbate your symptoms and more so if you are not in treatment. And by treatment, I'm meaning therapy, counseling, meaning medication. For people who already have anxious tendencies or depressive tendencies, they will also be more sensitive to the stresses that come the December holiday period. There's a special group of people that we have to take note of as the December holidays come. And these are people with a history of severe mental health problems. I'm talking people who have harmed themselves. I'm talking people who have had psychotic episodes. I'm talking about people who have attempted suicide at some point. If these people are not currently in treatment as a December holidays approach, we are looking at a heightened risk for another suicide attempt or psychotic break. So how do holidays affect mental health conditions? It depends. But if you're not in treatment, it might happen that the stresses cause more problems for you. For people who are relatively healthy, who are in a good emotional space, who are in a balanced lifestyle, people who are in, people with depression, people with anxiety disorder who are in treatment, they could still be affected by the holidays approaching. Intense emotion, which comes up when you might be back home in your home where you grew up. So what happens in many families is that you have grown since you've gone out of the house. You've become more of your own person. You've started developing a social network of your own. You've developed an emotional, psychological independence from your family. When we go back to the family home, it could very well so be that nothing's really changed there. And the moment you're back in your old room, maybe this time with your partner, girlfriend, your boyfriend, your husband or wife, the parents of that home might still treat you like a child. It's not like they do it conscious. That's just how they know you. And for the adult child, that is going to be a hell of a frustrating especially if you've got your partner with you. So you've got all these old family roles and dynamics that come up. Maybe your 
elder sister with whom you had a strained relationship is also visiting for the holidays. Now, you and her, you never had the opportunity to talk things through. The moment you're going to be back in that house, you're going to feel exactly the same as you did when maybe she bullied you when you were six years old and she was eight. So these are the things that happen on holidays. Many families in South Africa have the habit of pushing all things that are like they find to be shameful or too painful to talk about, to push it under the rug. There are certain things we don't talk about. I think that's starting to change in 2022. I think all the more people are realizing the mental health benefit of talking about painful experiences, about asserting yourself. But I think in many more traditional households, there's still the philosophy of we don't talk about those things. And again, the moment you're back with family, these things are going to surface and you're going to be left with this, yes, must I bring it up? Must I not bring it up? What do I gain from bringing it up? If anything, then there are people who have passed on in the year that we had. Maybe a family member has died. And this could be the first Christmas without that person. The empty seat at the table. We are supposed to feel sad about that. But not all families are going to express the sadness. Many families might be more like, no, 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 all is fine, it's okay. You would have wanted us to just be happy this holiday. As a psychologist, as a therapist, I know that if you're going to repress that sadness about losing a parent or maybe a sibling, you're going to repress it, you're going to become depressed. It's better to let it out. And if you can't do it with your family, I recommend that people try it out with other people in their lives and perhaps even mental health professionals the extra pressure that is placed on mothers and adult women in families, maybe what we can call holiday work, this assumption or this expectation that the food for the hundreds, the tens of all those people who are there for Christmas, the food will be prepared by the woman. What time do you have to be up then to get everything ready? It's hard work. My hope is that other family members, especially the male family members, will this year extend a helping hand to the woman in the household. How can I help mom? You know what? You can start peeling the potatoes. So that would be one recommendation for South African families this year is if you see somebody struggling, ask them if you can help. That's the kind thing to do. Not even just the Christmas thing, like even Sunday lunches. Sunday Mm. lunch is extraneous if you are cooking for a big family. I do it at home as well because I, my mom's second in command. But, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So. You see the roles. A moment you're back home, there's got to be this expectation that you slot into that role. Even though you might be doing it in a much different way now where you stay, maybe in your relationship or in your house or flat where you live. But yeah, nothing's changed in the family of origin home. When it comes to the food prep, when it comes to tidying up a house, my hopeful families is that they... Try to make it fun. Try to make it a bonding exercise. One can go into a lack of talk with a parent or a sibling while you're doing something else, you know, working with your hands. Such an opportunity for family togetherness doesn't have to be a chore. Teamwork is required. Are there any key signs of someone struggling with their mental health that loved ones can watch out for? If you know that your family member has a history of depressive episodes, especially if it was severe, severe enough to warrant a hospitalization, maybe a psychotic break, self-harm or suicide, you have to be especially aware of this person's doings over the holiday period. 
What you can look out for is a person isolating themselves, a person who's just not participating in any of the family activities, a person who is keeping to himself or herself or themselves in a room somewhere. Be on the lookout for crying spells, a person who is crying for a reason that you don't really know. Be on the lookout for people who are more irritable than they usually are, highly irritable. If you see that a person is drinking in excess or perhaps abusing drugs, that is also a warning sign for mental health problems during the December period. How can a friend or a loved one support someone suffering during the holidays? When it comes to the holiday work, I would say offer to help so that this person doesn't get a holiday version of burnout. Ideally, you want to rest and play during holiday and have less work responsibility. So I would say a friend or loved one and support somebody by offering to help. And then I would recommend a private conversation. If it is clear that something is troubling this person by the looks of it, the body language, their mood, I would say have a private conversation and ask, tell me what's the matter. In a very kind tone, listen without judging, reflect back what your understanding is. You can make a recommendation from there. This is best done in private. Most people won't be self-disclosing, tell you what's bothering them with two or three other people at a table. But in private, they might be more open with you. If it's clear that the person does not want to talk about it then, then it is helpful to say to the person, well, if maybe later today you feel different, or perhaps tomorrow I'm here to listen. I'm not going to judge. I really care for you. and I want to know what's the matter with you. When it comes to a recommendation, I would say that one can, because during the December holidays, many mental health professionals are taking a break themselves, you will find it difficult to get an early appointment or appointment on short notice. In this case, I think helplines are especially helpful during the December holiday period. And SADAG, the South African Depression and Anxiety Group, has a 24-hour helpline for people who are experiencing severe emotional distress. I know Lifeline also has a number that you can call. These numbers are all available online. That's a wonderful route to go during the December holidays. Even therapists and psychologists also deserve their rest. No matter how much they have as well. Yes, we are all human. We all have the same basic brain structure. We all have feelings. We all have a specific level of energy. So yeah, we all need a break over the holidays. And I think for mental health professionals, we should be careful in not taking on too many clients at a time because not only must we do our best to model a balanced lifestyle to our clients, but also to prevent our own burnout. A burnt out medical professional, mental health professional, the effectiveness of his or their help is not going to be the same level. All right. So to all the mental health professionals and medical professionals listening out there, you don't have to be macho in order to do your job. If you are finding that you are struggling emotionally yourself, there is no shame in seeking help for yourself. How do you kind of ride the wave of holiday shenanigans? Basic self-care will bring you quite far. We're talking about getting enough rest, sleep. I mean, we are all going to indulge likely a bit more during the holiday in terms of the types of food that we eat, but still we can make sure that we get the nutrients we need and 
that we don't drink or eat in excess each and every day. And then some exercise can be walking around the neighborhood. It can be going on some trip to nature reserve somewhere. You don't have to run a mountain out in order to exercise. Any physical activity um, is better than none. And overcoming holiday depression, I would recommend making an intention for yourself, a New Year's resolution. If you're realizing that you have burnt yourself out during this December, if you are realizing that my sadness is not lifting, I'm struggling to sleep even during the holiday, I still get panic attacks, make a New Year's resolution of entering a therapy space in the next year. Make an appointment with a psychologist and or a psychiatrist because we know that medication can be a lifesaver for many people, even if it is to aid the therapy or the counseling as well. Overcoming all the depression, riding the wave, you say. Quality time for self. Make sure you have your hobbies ready, those things that you didn't get the time to do during the year with your work schedule. If you enjoy reading, make sure you've got a few books ready. And quality time for self is important. Quality time together. Obviously, the conflicts might surface and you can choose whether you would like to resolve it or try to resolve it. Always do it in private. You're not going to resolve it around the Christmas table. And if it's clear that this is not going to change between you and your sister, enjoy the nice moments that you are having. Focus the attention on the grandchildren, the little kids that are there at the family. Focus on the lovely, joyful experiences in between all the shenanigans. Enjoy the moment. So maybe a bit of mindfulness. Enjoy the moment for what it is. If you really get activated and you know you're about to blow up right there and then, you could consider taking a breather. There's no harm in just excusing yourself for a moment, taking a breather um, in another room in the house, or maybe just taking a walk around the block, especially if you know it's a it's a thing that's not going to get solved soon. So yeah, basic conflict resolution can also include saying to the other person, all right, let's agree to disagree. Mm, but this food is lovely. Just change the focus. Yo, mom, what did you add to the roast this year? This is delicious. Thank you. Just change the focus a bit. I think there's room in December holidays to try to keep things light not taking away anything from actual conflicts that might need to be resolved at some point. Um, but we all know that um, some people, um, it might be too late for them um, to change in a very significant way. And that is where we learn to accept each other for their differences, how difficult it might be, and to focus on the nice moments, fun moments, the happy moments that are going to be there, even with the sister who bullied you you were young, even with father or the mom that was like really strict with you when you grew up. There will always be some positive memories as well. Thank you for joining this week's episode of Sisters Without Shame, Luke. Now, if you're looking for more on our conversation on festive depression and how to cope, visit healthfromzanzi.co.za. And dear friends, remember, if you are in a medical bind or looking for a shoulder to cry on, you can send an email to hello at healthfromzanzi.co.za. Alternatively, you can send a WhatsApp to 063-633-0628. I would never blue tick you, babes.
The holiday season for most people is a fun time of the year filled with parties, celebrations and social gatherings of family and friends. For many people, it is a time filled with sadness, self-reflection, loneliness and anxiety. I have three takeaways from my very insightful chat with Luke. Firstly, that we should make realistic expectations for the season. Second, set realistic goals. And of course, third, don't take on too much more responsibility than you actually can. What Luke basically said was, keep it real. Real is the vibe of the season. And of course, don't forget to prioritize rest in your rest days. Happy holidays, gentle thems, days, ladies and fellas. That brings us to the end of episode 73 of Sisters Without Shame, proudly brought to you by Healthform Zanzi. From me, Nolutanu Nakani, have a great week and remember to show your girl some love by sharing this podcast with a friend. <laughs> <laughs>